Susie, the queen bee who ruled our school, not her real name, of course, sat behind me in geometry. You know, that's a fake, she whispered into my ear. And then she schooled me on the differences between my obviously fake watch and her real one. The Susies of the world look at your low-priced art and wonder what's wrong with it. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world inside a podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hey there, artpreneurs. This is Miriam Shulman, your curator of inspiration author of the book, Artpreneur, and host of the Inspiration Plays podcast. You're listening to episode number 245, and I'm so grateful that you're here. So in order to shift your mindset from scarcity to abundance, you need to start thinking like a buyer. That's why in my new book, Artpreneur, I share 14 lessons that tap into buyer psychology. These lessons also take into account modern shifts in behavior from years of shopping on Amazon and during the pandemic. And this way you'll be fully armed with the latest research to overcome the biggest challenges when pricing and marketing your art. So in today's podcast episode, I'm going to read to you an excerpt from the book and also answer listener questions. Don't forget, if you liked this episode, you're absolutely going to love my free masterclass, How to Sell More Art Without Being Insta-Famous. To check that out, go on over to shulmanart.com forward slash sell more art. And my book is officially out. So if you've been waiting to order the book until it's out, it is. And if you love listening to the podcast, you'll love the audiobook version. If you want to have a handbook with the charts and all the scripts in it, then you're going to want to get your hands on either the Kindle or the paperback book. And you will get plenty of bonus goodies when you do so. So go over to shulmanart.com forward slash book to pre-order. We don't care which format you order it in, and we don't care where you order it from. Just pop in your name, your email, and the order number off of your receipt, and we'll make sure that you get those goodies. All right, my friend, now on with the show. I have a special treat for you today. So here's the game plan for today. So I'm going to start off by reading from the book. Then I'm going to open up today for questions. Chapter seven, think like an abundant artist. In the 80s, being cool meant you sported an armful of black rubber bracelets, a ripped shoulder-exposing neon sweatshirt, and moosed-up hair, an androgynous look popular with men and women. I pulled off this street urchin aesthetic with my babysitting earnings. During this era, an alternative version of cool included lots of Gucci and other designer brands. And New York City street vendors preyed on tourists and girls like me with their knockoffs. Once I bought a fake Gucci watch, only to throw it out. 
out a few weeks later. Susie, the queen bee who ruled our school, not her real name, of course, sat behind me in geometry. You know, that's a fake, she whispered into my ear. And then she schooled me on the differences between my obviously fake watch and her real one. The Susies of the world look at your low-priced art (coughs) and wonder, what's wrong with it? When painters price their art too low, people often ask, is that a print? Pricing anything too low will lead prospective customers to question both its value and its authenticity. If people aren't buying from you, you might think it's because your prices are too high. But the problem could be that your prices are too low. We're going to unpack the psychological factors that drive people to pay a premium for goods and services, and you'll discover why it's a mistake to focus on low-cost products and why you might be holding yourself back from asking for higher prices because you believe that cheaper is easier to sell. Spoiler alert, it isn't. Don't worry, I promise to explain right now, except for those who are listening. I promise to explain in the book. So you will have to get the book, but I'm going to read a little bit more. The coronavirus pandemic, the rise of Amazon and social activism all created dramatic shifts in the way people shop. In 2021, Amazon, with its free shipping and easy from click to front door service, unseated Walmart as the retail giant. Supply chain issues and inflation further undermined brand loyalty. However, not all buyers are looking for what's cheapest or even what's most popular. A conscious consumer may care more about a company's alignment with their values. Moreover, buyers hit hard by the doldrums of living through the pandemic are less price sensitive and tend to choose items that provide fantasy and escape. That's great news for people who are offering either art or art classes or something like one of you fabulous people out there. Okay, so I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to open it up for questions. So Craig says, hello, Miriam, I create eight and a half by 11 painting. How do I get this on the art selling sites? Can I take pictures and scale this? bigger if a customer wants this. Oh, this is a nice softball question for me. Okay. So first of all, Craig, an eight and a half by 11 is a very easy size to reproduce because if you have a scanner bed, that will fit on the scanner bed. So you can just easily scan it and get a really nice high resolution image from it that you can put on the print on demand sites. So I would start with that. You definitely will get a better image of it using a scanner than you will photographing something of that size. You don't have to worry about lighting conditions. The only thing that does happen though, when you scan something of that size, and it depends on what your medium is, is sometimes the texture will create shadows. So it depends on how highly textured it is. If it's highly textured, then you should do it as a photograph rather than a scan. I bought your book so... In other words, if I want to, I'm not sure how to start marketing my pictures and what size I should try to market them. Should I try eight and a half by 11? I don't know what sizes folks are looking for. And if they like my picture and it's eight and a half by 11, but they want it to 20 by 30, 
What do you do? I'm a little bit lost here in, in that regard. These are great questions. And I get asked these same questions all the time, even by my clients who are in my artist accelerator, which is the highest level of working with me. We just had this question last night. So somebody was telling me, uh, not exactly your question, like how to reproduce it, but what size to offer it. And she was saying her best-selling prints are eight by 10. And she was embarrassed to tell me how much she was asking for them. She says, I asked $30. And I said, well, I used to offer eight by 10 prints for $30 over 10 years ago. So the price would be higher now, but here's what I've learned. And this is based on over 20 years of selling art experience is that even though people will buy the 8x10s, what will be more profitable to you and that people love just as much, if not more, are the 11 by 14 inch prints. Now, if you are scanning an 8x10 art, you can blow it up to 11 by 14 and that difference in size, it's not going to distort the art enough that it's going to really change what it is that they are enjoying. That is the danger, by the way, of if you have an eight by 10 size and you're blowing it up huge, it may not look so good blown up. So you as the Mm -hmm. artist have to make those decisions. However, what I found works the best is 11 by 14 print. And when I sell in person, I put a 14 by 18 inch mat on it. For people not in the US, that size might be slightly different. What I love about those sizes is number one, 14 by 18, there's ready-made frames you can pop them into. And number two is that that size matted print is the perfect size for our recyclable shopping bags. So it makes it really easy to transport a bunch of prints in our recyclable shopping bags. So that's what I loved selling that size in person. Now online, so last night my incubator client was like, but Miriam, I sell these on, I was telling her about the price. I said, in person, a matted print, I would sell for $75. And the truth is you probably could ask for more. I haven't tested higher, but $75 sells very well. And unmatted, I'm selling them online for $60. My client was like, but Miriam, I'm selling them on Etsy. I said, me too. They're buying them on Etsy for $60 on Matted. So that answers, I think, a lot of those questions you were asking me, Craig. Now, one of the things that I do want to share with you, which I talk about inside Artpreneur, is I would caution you against offering too many choices to your customers. So even though you can offer so many different options, limit the options that your customer has no more than three size options, and you decide what the substrate is. Don't give them five options of glass, put a, you know, I've seen websites where artists are offering prints and they get to choose whether it's on metal or wood or paper or canvas. Don't give them all those options. If you give somebody too many options, it's too hard for them to make up their mind and they will probably end up clicking away and buying nothing. Well, the other question I have, oh my God, let's say someone has a painting on Etsy and they get 25 orders in one day. You are worried about success, aren't you? Well, I'm thinking (laughs) You have a fear of success. So first of all, if you show it in a frame, which I suggest that you can show it in a virtual frame, there's lots of apps that help you to do that. When you pre-order the book, Artpreneur, we do give you an appendix 
We call it the Artpreneur Appendix. It will give you sites that you can show your art in a room view. That's one of the common questions that I get from artists is like, how do I display it in a room? All right. So what you do inside your listing, whether it's your website or Etsy or someplace else, is you and you show it in, in a room, in a frame, whatever it is, you say, this is just for visualization purposes because you don't want to be shipping frames. And if anything, framing your art can kill the sale because people's frames are dependent on their decorating. So that was one of the questions you asked. Another question you asked is fulfillment. And I've been doing recently, I would say I stopped shipping things myself about a year ago. I now do all my prints as print on demand and with drop shipping. So I just enter the address into my favorite print-on-demand site. Again, this is inside the Artpreneur Appendix, the sites that I use for doing this. And if you have so much success, it's time to hire a little help for maybe a business babysitter. Those are great questions, Craig, and I'm glad you asked them to help me clarify what I'm saying, because if, if you were confused, that means other people are too. So I do have a training on that. It's called Print Apprenticeship. And anyone who joins the Artist Incubator Program gets lots of detailed videos about this because all the questions that you're asking, other artists have as well. How do you photograph your art? How do you print it? How do you package? How do you ship it? And if you're not already in that program, Craig, I'd love to have you in there. What we're going to do for you and for everyone listening and watching is you can get started with two free resources and you can either take what you want from that free resources or you can find out more about the program. So the first one, I have a free ebook called The Artist Profit Plan. Go to shulmanart.com forward slash profit. And the other resources, I have a free masterclass. So the free masterclass, shulmanart.com forward slash sell more art. Both the ebook and their masterclass are pretty much the same content. So it's kind of like, Harry Potter, some people like to read the book, some people like to watch the movie. So we make sure that no matter how you like to consume it, both things cover the same thing. And so however you want to consume it, if you want to watch the masterclass, it's shulmanart.com forward slash sell more art. You can either pick a time in the future or choose to watch that on demand. And then both of those things will tell you more about the artist incubator. And we'd love to have you in there in 2023 so that you can sell more art. Hey, how are you? So Grace is inside the artist incubator. I am. I I just joined, I guess it was just this week or last week. And uh, there's a ton of stuff in there that I've just started to chip away at, which is amazing. But okay, I have a couple of questions. So based on that reading that you did of your first chapter, which was great. I guess one of the questions, I have two questions around what you've read. One was, you mentioned COVID in particular and how people were looking for things to kind of give them that comfort to remind them, this is what I found anyway, and I could relate to what you were saying. People were looking for that escape, reminders of this world for them. And that the the price that we we put things at affects the perceived value of it. Do you feel that I totally get it with regards to the lockdowns and COVID and coming out of that time and place? Do you feel that that still is applicable 
given there's this recession looming I'm in Canada. So there's this recession looming and we're seeing the prices of everything going up. Do you feel that that mindset is still applicable in terms of how we message to our buyers and, you know, remind them of the value with the escape, that world that they can still enjoy somehow? I guess that would be my first question. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, they've done research and this this is throughout time that during times of depression and recession that sales of lipstick <laughs> never goes down. People want that fantasy and escape. And right now we have this perfect confluence. So not only are there so many more people who are looking to make a living from their creativity because of the pandemic, but we also have people who are looking for more meaning in their life. Anytime you have one of these existential crises, whether it was 9-11, the AIDS pandemic, World War II, or right now with the global pandemic, it is a time where people need more meaning and your art gives people meaning in their lives and your art matters to them. And they want their life to be more beautiful, more meaningful, whatever kind of art you create, not just the art that goes on the walls, but music is important and writing is important and dance is important. All these things, this is what makes our lives worth living and it matters to people. Okay. Thank you. That's actually really interesting because I found myself reading more poetry lately, which I don't normally, and I'm finding myself escaping. I'm a visual artist and I find myself escaping more into words right now, which is interesting. You just brought that up. Okay. That's That's great. Thank you. And then the other question I had was, how does the book, I'm in the self-directed incubator, that program. So how does the book differ or reinforce that program? Oh, that's great question that you're asking. So this is like uh, the stories behind the program. So when you dive into the program, I'm not going to tell you all the same stories that I do in the book form. So everything is an art. When you go to watch the movie, Harry Potter, you don't get every single thing that's in the book, right? And when you read the book, you don't get everything that's in the movie. Like there's certain things that are kind of like special effects. So the book is just a different art form and a different way of expressing a lot of the same ideas. But what you have, Grace, inside my program is you have that ability to come to me every month and ask your questions. You have that ability in the classroom to ask questions. You also get the coaching with Sean Roney to really unpack your mindset. So I tell you what that is in the book, but it's so hard for us to see ourselves and to really see some of these mindset blocks that are holding us back. So I'm really glad that you're in there. Okay, great. So Grace, why don't you share with us your URL? So Grace does really beautiful underwater work and shipwrecks. Grace, what is the URL of your website? It's gracemarquezstudio.com. I'll type it in here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm an underwater. My subject matter is underwater scenes because I'm an avid technical scuba diver and instructor. So I try and share that world with me. And what you, again, when I talk to my customers, which is so important, you said that whole fantasy and escape. I found that when I talk to my customers, they mentioned that, like they mentioned that during lockdowns, looking at my artwork reminded them this is who they are. They're not this person locked up in their home. There's not this person who's given up on 
dressing properly and are in their pajamas all day. So it was really important, but thank you for letting me share that. Yeah. So those stories that Grace is telling about her customer and about herself, those are the exact kinds of things you need to put into your emails. When you were asking me your earlier question, how do you talk to them? Tell the stories of your clients too, not just your own stories. And the more specific you can get and share stories like that, then it'll resonate with somebody else. So thrilled. The book is fabulous. I'm hooked, but I do. I have a crummy day job, kind of needed to pay the bills. And I think I'm passionate. I mean, every waking hour that I'm not at the crummy job, I'm creating or I'm, you know, it's nice to hear the the advice to go local because I just started doing that. And it's definitely opening up like the network of artists to make connections. So the process is slow, but sometimes I feel like, you know, at this stage in my life, I just don't have like, Am I too late? Is really what it comes down to. Oh my God, no. No, 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 no. Okay. So, Janet, first of all, I know you're in New York. There's a lot of money in New York. There's a lot of art buyers, and you should be fine. And when I say join art associations, I am talking about all those, even the ones where you feel like it's mostly hobby artists. That's okay, because that is where you will find out the best opportunities. So it was through like the local art associations where I'd find out, oh, well, actually Junior League puts on this great show in this mansion every year. And all you have to do is drop off your art and the Junior League, they run the whole thing and they love buying the art. And it's a tradition, by the way, that thing does is not happening anymore. But that was an actual thing. That was a really good thing. Maybe find out if they're doing it again. But these are where you will find out these opportunities. Now, your question was about, do you have to quit your job? I can't tell you the answer to that, but I can share with you two examples. And both of these clients are in in the book, Artpreneur. Elizabeth Mordensky, who is a wildlife artist, was working over 60 hours a week on her day job when she joined the incubator. And yet she still surpassed her income goal within six months of joining me. What she leaned into was publicity, which you will hear about Uh, in the book. What I share is that she placed a $750 ad and she made $9,500. However, since I wrote the book and we talked to her most recently, she said to me that actually it led to tens of thousands of dollars and a repeat client. So that is something that we all want. So that's one example, but that's not the only example. Marisabel Gonzalez is a physician and she was working four days a week in her physician job. And she was able to cut down her work to three days a week at her physician job because she was able to replace that income with her artwork. So it is possible to have a job and build an art career. That wasn't my path, but it is a path that many artists have taken. All right. So I'd love to hear from you. Share in the comments below what you think. Give the video a thumbs up and don't forget to hit subscribe. We have lots more videos coming your way this year to keep you inspired and have 2023 be your most abundant year ever. All right, my friends, stay inspired. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course, on shulmanart.com.